Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. Hello, you pet stylists. You found the Groom Pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hello, groomers. You would normally be hearing Barbara Bird's voice right now, but instead, it's just me. Welcome to episode 329 of the Groom Pod, recorded on many, many, many different dates in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by listener support through Patreon and the donation button on our website, and through our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Evolution Shears, Show Season, Groom More and Stazco. This week on the Groom Pod, I've had so much stuff going on that I am doing a compilation show. So it's the Groom Pod Remix. I went back and I found episodes or segments of episodes that include conditioning, coat damage, vacuum systems, and cruelty free, amongst a bunch of other talking and chatting and groomer stuff. So anyway, I'm bringing it to you today so that I can play catch up with my really nifty behavior class that I'm doing. And um, there you go. Oh, and I'm getting a horse today. Did I tell you that? Oh my gosh, I'm getting a horse today. That's what's really going on. I'm bouncing off the walls and that's why I haven't put this together is because I've been doing barn things. So anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with grooming. But it does have a lot to do with why I'm not doing a full show this week. So here you go. Enjoy the remix. And we'll see you next week on the Groom Pod. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groom More is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. On our Facebook group, someone asked the question, do you condition every dog? And because I am mobile and because conditioner equals time for me, I have gone like the first eight years of mobile grooming without conditioning every dog, only conditioning when I really felt I needed to. But you have changed my opinion on that. You and the fact that there are newer products available that don't add that much drying time, if any at all. Some even speed up drying time. So what's your feeling on this whole do you condition every dog thing? I steer away from always and nevers. Good point. You know, I remember when it was never. Uh, I remember when I first started bathing, they didn't even have a conditioner. And I was, and I had been showing Laza Opsos with my mom. If you have Laza Opsos and you never use a conditioner, you've got matted messes for sure. The pet options were limited. Right. Nowadays, the pet, the pet conditioning options are much more sophisticated and numerous, numerous and more sophisticated. And we now have conditioning ingredients in some of our shampoos. You know, the very lightest conditioning that you can do is a conditioning shampoo. I do think that most coats need to have something to replace uh, what we take off when we because when we take off dirt, we also take off the sebum, and that leaves the coat without any protection. So then we go on to groom, and grooming is quite an assault to the hair <laughs> shafts, you know, really. I think that conditioning today requires a much more nuanced approach than all or nothing, you know. Um, it's sort of like, 
How am I going to treat this coat? How am I going to approach this coat? How am I going to reduce damage from grooming? Right, the two aspects, reducing the damage that we do and replacing the stuff that we've removed by the shampooing process. Right, right. So the question becomes really, what products am I going to use? And all of our products are what Chris Christensen would call liquid tools. Liquid tools, I like that term. I love that term because it implies a toolbox. And we certainly have a lot of different types of tools at our disposal that are liquid. That are liquid, and that that goes for styling products as well, and um, you know, uh, and dry shampoo, right? That we just mentioned, you know. So, what's in your toolbox? What are you going to have, and what do you use in what kind of a situation? So, if you're doing mostly very close clips. Let's say seven blade, five blade. The three rocker comb. The three rocker comb. If you're doing that kind of thing, you're you're kind of uh, removing damage as you go. Yeah, very so, true. <laughs> so very true. But if you're grooming a dog with coat, such as a bearded collie, a golden retriever in coat, even some of the longer comb the cuts. Long, longer comb cuts where you're going to want that hair to stay healthy for a period of time even if it's ears and tail you're going to want to use some kind of uh, a product to re, well to temporarily repair the coat to fill in the the cracks and crevices and gouges and broken cuticle that get caused by ordinary living, rubbing, scratching, itching, combing, brushing, you know, all the things that that we do to hair. Uh, Everything causes a little bit of damage and that accumulates. And so if you're trying to do a Maltese like Marco here, and he's not in full coat, but his legs are full and his his ears are full and his tail is. And we want to protect that so that he has, that he doesn't just mat up every day. You know? So, so, if, so if, if we you- were going to go like the lightest conditioner you said would be the conditioner that's kind of within your shampoo. Also, spray on after the fact is a pretty lightweight condition, right? Spray on after the fact is a lightweight to to do it. And there's an issue there about how complete the coverage is when you just are spraying it on. So I believe that if you spray and force dry, that you're distributing the conditioner. And that's exactly what I do. You've just validated me, Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) So I know, you know, like you probably don't get as thorough a coverage with spraying and blow drying as you would with rinsing, especially recirculating. For me, the the biggest glory of recirculating bathing systems is in the conditioning because you're rinsing it through the coat and you can do the lightest, you know, you can do an ounce of conditioner through the whole coat. I remember when I had, when I was diluting products, I would have gallon pitchers of my conditioner. I would mix up like, True to four ounces of conditioner in a gallon pitcher and then pour it through and rinse that through the coat and hope that I got down to the skin, you know, and sometimes you would have a fail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's called rebathe. Yeah, well, especially with a thick double coat. Yeah, because definitely. on a on a thick double coat, you you want two things to well, and it depends. Of course, it depends on whether the coat is for show or for home. Right. Because when you're going with a double coat for show, you want maximum volume. And so you don't want to overly soften the coat and the undercoat because you want that undercoat to help your whole coat stand out. 
So that's one of the big differences between show grooming and pet grooming of the double-coated breeds is that for show, you want your undercoat for thick and firm. Right. You know, but for home, you want to soften it so that you can remove the the shedding coat and uh, reduce the amount of hair around the home. So oh. there's there's two things. So then that's where we used to use the refurbish. The next light way that you can recondition the hair is like results rinse. Or what's the pro the Australian version? Pro groom crisp. Yeah, so that's a great conditioner that doesn't add any weight or drying time. In fact, it increases the speed of your drying, doesn't it? Yes, because it, it's doing two things. It's helping to close and flatten the hair cuticle of damaged or porous hair. And it's coating the hair shaft with a ultra, ultra light coating of silicone, which creates a smoother, slicker surface so that the water is sheeted off from your power dryer much faster. It's my um, go-to. It's your go-to. It's it our it's our go-to as well, which reminds me I need to order it. Um, <laughs> and then we've got the stuff that comes in the gallons that we mix in our recirculator that you dilute at home. Like those vary too, don't they? Like they can the best shot stuff doesn't hardly add any drying time. Well, best shot is unique because it it does two things. It ha- it uses cationic conditioners rather than heavy emollients. So when you when you're using oils and emollients that that can really increase the weight of what you're coating the hair with and it can increase the drying time. But when you're using sophisticated chemistry and cationic conditioners that magnetically attach to the hairs evenly throughout without adding hardly any weight at all. And the other thing that Best Shot does is it uses a hydrolyzed wheat protein to fill in the cracks and crevices First, so that helps to kind of build the hair shaft, and then you seal it with a silicone, and you dry it. And out the door it goes. And out the door (laughs) it goes, into the air it flies. There's still still cause to use the uh, thicker stuff too, though, isn't there? Sometimes with more damaged hair, or are they pretty much going by the wayside at this point? The heavy remoisturizer products are kind of less necessary when you're regularly using the other kinds of products. Okay, so, good, because I know, don't have any of them in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, I don't use those products hardly anymore either. Because when I want to like treat the hair, what I'm doing these days is a protein treatment, which yeah. is which is like what I just said. You know, fills uh, in the gaps. Fills in all the gaps. Better living through education and science. So, somebody uh, mentioned on that thread on our Facebook page that they were told to never condition poodles, bichons, curly coats. Right. I find that really interesting because those are porous coats, and those are the coats that most need protection from grooming damage because they've got raised, lifted cuticles. And also two things happen. It's more easy to snag and damage the hair cuticles when they're lifted. And it's more easy to lose moisture from within the hair cortex when the cuticles are lifted. And then you're applying heat and air and you can end up drying the inside of the hair as well as the outside of the hair. So porous coats are at greatest risk of damage. Um, And they need a little something, but you don't, when you're showing those coats, you really don't want a soft coat. You, You want it to be bouncy and, you know, have some texture to hold shape. 
Right. These products that they weren't available back then, but they are now. So we have so many different options like the protein filler you were talking about. If you have a really horribly damaged coat, there is the pre-bath kind of conditioning like happy hair. Hot oil treatments. Right. A hot oil treatment, um, coconut oil treatment. Happy hair is an olive oil, argan oil, jojoba oil combination. Uh, That jojoba oil closely mimics sebum in composition. So it's kind of desirable because the the hair really likes it. Uh, So uh, it's a good element to have in there. And the olive oil and argan oil are both high in oleic acid, which is uh, a very hair-friendly fatty acid. So they're high, they're both desirable for hair care. But here's the deal. We have sophisticated products that are available, but they're not listing their ingredients. So it's really hard for us to know um, what's going on here. There's a big difference if, in a conditioner that relies solely on fatty alcohols like cetyl alcohol, cedaryl alcohol, sterile alcohol, and a conditioner that relies heavily on a cationic, such as behendromonium chloride, cetrimonium chloride, um, sterile conium chloride. Those kinds of things are sound real chemically, and they are, but they have great attraction to the hair. So it doesn't take much to thoroughly coat the hair shaft. So we need to know. <laughs> we, you know, like they, uh, and then we're just left with selling points. I saw a shampoo that I didn't know was out there that has full disclosure on their ingredient list, and that's Opaz shampoo. I had no idea they made shampoo. I thought they just made color. I, you know, me too. Yeah. Me too. And not be, and, and, and since I haven't been to a trade show in a while, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of their development, but I'm very, I'm, I'm very impressed with their development and with the fact that they're fully disclosing their ingredients on their uh, shampoos. What isn't so impressive is that their English website suffers terribly from translation from the, guess it's Korean or Japanese, it, it looks like somebody just used a translation app. It's too know? bad they don't <laughs> offer these things to you, Barbara, because you could easily translate this stuff for them. I actually wrote them and offered my services, and I tried to do it in a forthright, non-offensive way, but you know, you just never know when you're kind of dealing with a little cross-culture thing, whether or not I insulted somebody by saying that their website could use some work. And I, ah. but you know, I'm a natural at that. And who else has the English language editing skills and the knowledge of grooming products? That's so my that, point. So nobody else has that. And whoever translated that didn't have either. (laughs) Yeah, that's a shame. I am excited. I hope they come to the Northwest show because I really want to try the products. They look good. They look interesting. Plus, they've got a recirculating bathing system. They're offering a recirculating bathing system, and they're located in Canada, so Canadian groupers can now have an option. I can't ship a bathing beauty to Canada. Hanvey can ship it, but the shipping is very costly. And so here's OPAS with a recirculating system that you can get in Canada at a decent price. Neat. I think that's great for our Canadian pals. With a recirculating system, you can use an ounce of regular conditioner in a as a conditioning rinse. It's not going to weigh the coat down very much, and it thoroughly gets through all coats. Yep. So. Cool. Yeah, cool. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. 
It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the max. It's a fragrance-free ultra concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Back for our first appointment, we've got a question from Tanya that relates directly to last week's episode, episode 136, this being episode 137. And Tanya writes, end of episode 136, in my head, total confusion. If I understand correctly, as groomers, we do a lot of damage to the hair with the brushing. Then we try to repair it with products. I read in different groups that coats can also be damaged by clipping. They never come back normal, whatever normal is. Then we also have show dogs we manipulate, brush and clip, in other words, damage the coat. So what is good coat? Is it never touched by a groomer? Virgin coat. Yeah, virgin coat. Like we were talking about last week. The virgin shih tzu coat. Yeah. How do you get that? I mean, there probably isn't a really true undamaged coat. That's that's exactly true. Like there isn't a really true virgin hair walking around, you know, because even virgins <laughs> comb their hair. Count on me to chuckle before I deliver them. <laughs> I can edit that out though. I can put that. I can but but don't. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. So here. So here's what I'm trying to say. We do cause damage with everything that we do to hair, and brushing is one of the more rough things that we do on hair, especially well. If you're maintaining a show coat, you are sometimes got a very delicate hand, but groomers are under a whole different set of pressures and things. So we tend to uh, try to just find the quickest way out of uh, whatever, uh, of brushing a coat. And um, so here, here's a couple of points about coat damage. Yes, everything we do to hair causes some wear and tear on the hair cuticle and ultimately can cause breakage and damage or matting from damage and she she talks about coat damage from clipping that's different coat damage that is different that's uh, that's apples and oranges different so yeah. the uh, the thing about damage from grooming is that The purpose of knowing that everything that we do is damaging is in order to control the extent of the damage that we uh, incur on the coat. So that's a matter of choosing products and technique. So in other words, you want to reduce the force of grooming by lightening up on your technique of brushing and not being as rough with a coat that's matted. I mean, you know what happens? We take we take shit out on a matted coat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and you know, like you get challenged, I'm gonna get this sucker out, you know. And and actually the best dematting techniques are just to breathe and slow down and take your time and work out a mat. And that way you're gonna have 
less damage to the remaining hair than if you just yank and tug and saw on a mat. So that's just an example of where you can create a lot of damage or minimize the damage that you do in detangling. For another example would be in choice of tools. So if you're brushing out a, a line drying a whole cocker coat, you want to use a pin brush and not a slicker brush, which is uh, has sharper, tinier tips of the, the metal tines. And, and the slicker brush is more likely to do damage to the hair cuticle than the uh, pin brush. So you want to use a wide pin brush to, to sweep and stretch and dry that cocker coat. Um, or if that same thing applies to just saving the tail and ears. You know, we do, a, we do a lot of like short clips. Let's try to save the face and the, and the tail. So be shown tails get matted. And uh, if we just rip that stuff out, they're going to forever be matted. So it's the other truth about coat damage that we learned last week is that it works on a logarithmic. Oh, okay, yeah. So instead of 10 plus 10 is 20, you have 10 times 10 is 100 is your next level up. So what happens is that uh, coat damage kind of works logarithmically and you reach a meltdown point where you've really damaged the coat. And that can happen in the show with show dogs too because not every dog show person is gentle or educated i i watched a super one of the top handlers uh, in the nation do a, a flat iron a havanese coat without any spray protection on the coat yeah well you know so you know like i couldn't believe the, this guy who i respect totally was and then he was complaining that he just got the dog back because they let the dog go out with another handler and that the other handler damaged the coat. Well, y'all are damaging the coat, you know? Yeah. The coat, instead of being almost to the ground for the age of the dog, it was uneven and, you know, and coat damage results in a lot of uh, frizzy things, wispies that, that float off the side of the coat. That's why they have to flat iron it. The coat damage issue is valuable to us in two different ways. In the way, like you were saying, to minimize as much coat damage as you possibly can, just because that's going to make it better. But so many of our clients want us to leave full coats on these dogs. But there comes a point in time where the owner is brushing at home and you're brushing you know, when the dog comes in once a month or every other week, and there's no way to fix that damage. And it just becomes a reoccurring nightmare every single time you see the dog. And at some point in time, you have to have the information to have the discussion about coat damage with your client. And that's what we're, we're trying in our rather reduced way today. <laughs> so if you guys don't know this. But we are doing a video call, and my camera is working, but Barbara's camera is not. So I don't even have her picture up. I have a black screen. So every time I stop, like when I'm talking, I can see myself. But the minute I stop talking, it's black screen. And I have a difficult time maintaining my attention on a general basis in my general life. But to be talking to a black screen is really hard. To, I, I'm trying to, I'm very distracting for Barbara. That's what I'm trying to say. I am yes. distracting like crazy for Barbara because it's distracting for me not to see her. Now you know what I do when I'm on the phone. When I'm on the phone, I'm doing eight different things at the <laughs> at the time I'm talking on the phone. There's always, a, I could be juggling. You never know what's going on back there. So oh in, in canine terms, Susie Scott is like a, a border collie. Zippity doo. I mean, she's just got to be working it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to go on. I want. I do want to clarify things for Tanya and the reason that we we can't really repair that damage so we're not we're not really trying to what we're trying to do is to minimize um and control the amount of damage that we're doing 
to uh, coats. And the way to do that is to use conditioning products. Now, the, the really fascinating thing about last week was learning that moisturizing the coat might actually be uh, leading to more damage. Now, yeah, see, dude, that's, that that, that, that's confusing, but it's also, for me, that's really uh, exciting topic to uh, look forward to learning more about because that challenges a lot of uh, uh, what we know about after the shampoo products. So, you know, if indeed, so what they're saying is that a crispy dry coat has more strength and is less likely to break than um, a fat hydrated hair. That challenges uh, everything uh, we've, we've learned prior. Yep. Yeah, very uh, interesting stuff. So, so I wanted to mention, especially in her comment about the, the coat damage by clipping, the deal is when you're clipping a coat, you're not damaging it but you can damage the regrowth of the coat or not damage the regrowth. You can alter the regrowth of the coat. That's probably a better way to put it. And if you're curious about that, dig into our archives and look for the episode about shaving double coats. Because when we did it that very first time, way back in the beginning, we did it right. That is a really good episode. I listened to it again the other day. That's one of those that we, you know, even though it was early, that was a gem. That was a gem. It was. It was a joke. <laughs> okay. Does that wrap it up for Tanya? I think so. I hope that we uh, clarified. So you want to you you want to use your products as you groom, uh, not just after you groom to try to fix what you just did. And uh, you want to minimize by using uh, a light touch and uh, good conditioners. You want to minimize that damage as you groom every day. Chris Bear Anthony visiting the groom pod again. Okay, so you know I love my Evolution Swivel Shears. And you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. We're in school again, Barbara. My hat has changed over to the school marm hat. Actually, I don't know what hat a school marm would wear, but yeah, you know, well, so maybe cool. one with flowers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't see you. I don't see you in a hat with flowers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Veterinary vocabulary is carpus. Carpus is your wrist. I brought that up because we talked a little bit about wrists last week. So there you go. Carpus, C-A-R-P-U-S, your wrist. Grooming glossary is the layback. Do you know what the layback is? Isn't the layback the angle of the, like, the shoulders? It's, that's exactly what it is. It's the angle of the shoulder blade, another one of those angulation points that I could never get the concept of until way later in my grooming career. I heard it, I saw it drawn, I saw the angles on the screen up at the grooming shows, and I still, when I looked at the dog, I had no idea. Now I get it. I can't correct it, but I get it now. I, at least I can see it. So I consider that progress, right? Great. Yeah, I know. No, it took me a long time to get that front angulation. Um, I, I could see the rear angulation, but, uh, you know, and and it was important in the Bichon grooming because I really wasn't showing my layback. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Okay, now on to the definition du jour. Oh, boy, that's my turn. That's your turn. I ran into this um, term and, and some comments about it on the uh, Shampoos in the Grooming Industry Facebook page, and the term is cruelty-free. Oh, I see that all the time. So what the heck is cruelty-free? 
I just assumed it meant that, like, maybe testing or something. I don't know. So, yeah. So, you know, like, actually, um, Dave Campanella, best shot, identified this as malignant misinformation. Uh-oh. He used my term, Susie. Oh, I was I so it. proud. I was so proud. You Ooh. know, um, because it implies that others are not cruelty free. And it's misinformation in the way that no completed products are tested on animals, but almost all ingredients are tested on animals, have been, maybe it was in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, there's toxicology tests that have been made to determine the safety of cosmetic ingredients that have been mice, rat, little animal studies, thousands of little animals have died in order to determine that sodium lauryl sulfate is not cancerous. Right, no reason to retest it. But the truth is, nobody's completed product has been tested on animals. There's just not testing protocol. There's just not testing laboratories that do that. There is no testing universe for complete products. Other than the testing universe that we create by using them every day. It's not testing. It's not gathering any information. It's not comparing. It's not not toxicology. You know, the problem with toxicology is that They always want to determine the LD50. What's that? That's the amount of the substance it takes to kill 50% of the sample. Oh. Well, that means they've got to kill 50% of the sample. Well, and then they kill the rest of them to do autopsies. Oh, that's just creepy. You know, last time we talked about this, we both cried. So, (laughs) get your tissues. But... But I, but here's the point. The point is, it's a non-issue. It's an unreal claim. It's an unfactual claim. You know, like they can't say that nothing in that product has ever been tested on animals because they still have not been able to substitute computer tests for every valuable test of substances okay but it's a true statement show season does not test their product on an animal not in a scientific manner not neither does anybody else so saying that they do is nothing see the implication is we don't but others do why would you want to say hey we don't do this because you want to distinguish yourself from the others throw a little shade Yeah, the implication is that others might be doing animal testing. But in in reality, none of the companies are. It's just like the scientists. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's kind of silly. So they're getting another one over on us half the time because the other half the time we catch it. Yeah, because they're using this as a big old, it's just another natural claim. It's just another psychological ploy to make you comfortable with their product it makes me feel like i can't trust any labels well there are labels that are pretty good descriptive labels and don't include all the embellishment but boy when you get on the fringe products some of those fringe products really have a lot of embellished descriptions in their label i know organic safe natural cruelty free cruelty free no animal testing completely biodegradable Yes. All of these things are just to catch us. And they do. And they do. You know, Otherwise, they wouldn't put them on the label. But uh, Dave is right. It's malignant misinformation. It's inaccurate, incomplete information that's used to uh, make the other products look bad. Well, there you go. So don't believe it, folks. Well, believe it, but don't. Oh, Barbara just dropped the comb. <laughs> comb she did the- She did the comb drop. (laughs) Only in this case, it was a paper clip drop. Well, it looked like a comb, and then she walked away, and later she laid her headphones down and walked away. No, she didn't. (laughs) 
We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the Hypo Conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season Animal Products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. All right, so I assume that you've done the homework on this because I didn't. Tell but me here's... what I need to know. So you, so what have you used? I've I've only used the Hanvi and uh, the Ivac. So I have a Frankenstein system, a little bit like your Frankenstein system. I originally bought a Clippervac tote, which for me, for a set underneath the table model that I could take in and do house call grooming with, it was the right answer because I didn't particularly care for the way the hair emptied on the hand V taxi back. Although as I began to use my clipper back and really got into it, I realized that the clipper head that comes with the clipper back is somewhat limiting. So about two or three years in, I bought a conversion kit from hand V. And so I have an art master, which is what they used to call their clipper back system. I have an art master head on my clipper vac tote. Now the clipper vac tote empties through the bottom, but you can do it while it's just sitting upright and you just drop off the panel and you reach in and you empty it out. You've got to pick out the hair and put it in the garbage can. The difference between that and a taxi vac, which is also extremely portable, very good to get in and out of a house call situation and can sit underneath your table as well, is that to empty the taxi vac, you have to hold the unit above the garbage can and drop the bottom out. And I didn't really care for that system. It works really well when you're hanging it on the wall and it's a permanent one of the bigger systems. So you've got more than one station going on. But that was a difficult thing for me to empty through the bottom because my garbage can is underneath the table and it meant I'd have to pull it out and just jury around. Mind you, completely doable. But what I really wanted was the attachment to the clippers. So luckily they sold that separately. So I love my Canvi attachment on the head. You've got something that's kind of similarly kind of jury wow. rigged, don't you? Yeah, I have a hybrid. I have a hybrid. I'm a mixed breed myself. <laughs> I have... The Hanvey Art Master large, tall canister that empties out the bottom right at, under the trash can or trash bag. And I have the IVAC clipper with a suction inside the clipper. So it's not an attachment. It's just a clipper with a big mouth underneath the blade um, that sucks it in. And I... I for the reason that I got that was that I was experiencing hand pain from the tension of the hose off the top of the clipper. Um, and when I tried and tested the IVAC, it's all in your hand. And so it's even though it's a little bigger, possibly heavier thing, the hose comes out the back end the butt end of the clipper. And so it's all in one thing and it's a little bit easier on my hand. These are the subtle differences that you find after you've started working with the system that you might not know in advance. For instance, the difference between the Art Master head and the one that comes with the clipper back tote 
part of it is how you can control the amount of suction you have. On the Art Master system, it slides back and forth on the top of the clipper. On the Clipper Vac system, it's a flap that you open to regulate the amount of airflow. So the I the IVAC, it's a little window that you work with your thumb that's on on the side of the clipper. So you open and close that window in order to if it's sucking the cat skin up into the vac. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have to say that I have to react in that with the owner present, you know, like, whoops, <laughs> let's just, let's, let's just tune that down a little. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I've sucked yeah. up more than my own share so, of ear and so, tail hair. Yeah. So my, my experience with suction um, and I haven't mastered it like you have because I didn't have to. My experience with suction is that less is more better. You know, less suction uh, in most of the situations helps avoid problems of scooping out hair that you didn't want to scoop out and other little tracking or aggressive cut. I agree with that. And it does, there's a learning curve with them all. Out of the all of the years you've used your setup that you're using now, the hybrid setup, how much maintenance have you ever done on that motor? None. <laughs> None. You know, I've had that. Um, no, I, you know, like I'm not even sure how to clean the filter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. You should be cleaning that. Uh, you I guys. Don't know, I don't know where that filter is on that. Um but no, it's I, near the motor. How's that? Does that help? It'll be right near the motor. So it'll be on the body somewhere up inside of the container. Like you might have to look up and in. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's still, it, there's a, once again, a testament to the way these uh, this piece of equipment is made, that it's still running and it probably is clogged up and still running. So Clean your filters, folks, but know that you don't have a lot of maintenance with this stuff. I have. No, I think I've had mine 20 years. I've changed my brushes out in my clipper vacs. I have three of them. No, now I have two of them. I gave one away. I have two clipper vac totes and I've changed the brushes in both of them probably twice over the entire career of my grooming. So well, close to 20 years, I've probably done two brush changes, one on each of them. And I've replaced one motor once, but that was when Marlene was using the brushless motors. She's gone back to using motors with brushes. They're just easier to maintain. The maintenance on them is very easy. Pretty much for all of them, you clean the filter, and then if it stops working, it's either the switch, the cord, or the brushes. I mean, there's just not that much involved in them. Some of them have a variable suction on them. Do you, does yours have variable suction? Uh huh. I have a I have a dial, I, yeah. and I keep it pretty much pretty low. Do you? Yeah. It's, yeah, I have uh, clippers that adjust up to five speeds, and I leave them on the fifth speed all the time. I always wonder, why do they even bother with those other speeds? Well, clip- I know what my, they're for. My, my clippers are two-speed. Yeah. My clippers, I have a high and a low, but my canister has a dial where I can just, I can really, if I want to, if I want to suck mats through the system, I can turn it way up and it's, you know, it's really going to suck. So it sucks, man. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's another variable. So you've got the rheostat, it's called, or the variable speed suction. You've got the attachment differences. You've got the differences in the way you adjust the suction. You've got the differences in the way you empty them. But for the most part, it's what you like to use. One of the things that I like about using the Art Master one is that I can actually flip it over and hold the clippers in a different way. And if you go to my cat video, you'll see me do that, holding the clippers upside down. I love that aspect of it. And I couldn't do that with the clipper vac with the way it was, the attachment on that. So, uh, Susie, I had another cat failure this week. Oh, well, we've got just a few minutes. Tell me about it. Well, this one, this was one of these cat proclaims grooming complete. Oh, for the grooming was before the groomer did, you know, but the owners agreed totally. Oh, this cat wanted a piece of me, man. This cat, it was so cute. It was a little pushed in face, uh, 
Persian type, and it had a short, stubby tail, and in a medium long coat that had some matting in it. And I uh, sucked off those mats, and quickly that cat started turning its head around at me, you know, and growling and and protesting and really trying to go after me. Yes. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just not letting me do my job. And, and, you know, and I, fortunately, I read the cat's behavior early on and had the woman put the gloves on because she would have gotten bit bad. Um, you know, I have these really nice leather welder gloves that I make the, the owners put on and they, they, the cat's not going to bite through those, but you do feel the pressure. He, he really was pressing down. And then he was like off of her and growling and swishing around at me. And he said, <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> and we were done. And I charged her the $65 and she was fine about it. And she tipped me. Wow. You know? That's just an advantage yeah. of having her there yeah. so that you could pull the yeah. plug on that. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's good when you need to abort the mission. She was so clear. It was all very obvious that we were done for the time being, <laughs> you know, and, um, but I, I got all the major, the most important ones, good. um, you know, Yep, so anyway, but that was, uh, it was an intense 10 minutes, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> All right. I just wanted to say one last thing about the Clipper Vac topic is you can make your own. There's ways to make them off of a shop vac and you're still going to need to buy some pieces to fit your clippers. Each clipper gets a different kind of attachment. You just can't have like a general attachment or you buy the clippers like Barbara has and then you can just stick it right on your shop vac. It's a little more suction than you probably need. But in a pinch, if you're starting out, that's another way to do it. So there, I hope that helps. We had a question about it. That's why yeah, I chose that you can, Well, and you can get at um, Harbor Freight. You can get one of these things that, where you plug in your your vacuum, your shop vac, and you can turn the power of your shop vac down. Oh, that's so, And it's only six bucks or something, six to 12 bucks. It's a, a cheap fix, but it's, uh, you know, it's a regulator that you can regulate the power. And it's not real good for your shop vac motor to do that, but it can be, it, you know... It still, it works and it works better than the full power of the shop bag because trust me, less can be more, especially when you're doing cats and their skin tends to just suck up into the, you know, so it's a good feature to have. Yes, yes, it is. Well, stylists, it's time to sweep up the hair clean out the tub, and turn out the lights on another episode of The Groom Pod. Remember to join the discussion group and be part of the show by liking us on Facebook at The Groom Pod. You can find Barbara online at groomblog.blogspot.com and at her shopping site, www.shop.bbird.biz. You can email me at susie, S-U-S-Y, at thegroompod.com or Barbara at barbara at thegroompod.com. Please tell all your friends about the show and leave comments and reviews anywhere that you can. And also, please support the sponsors of the show. They make it possible for us to continue on. So on behalf of Barbara Bird and myself, thanks for listening and see you real soon.